Hi everybody, welcome to this episode of the Heart Podcast. It's James Rudd here. Today I'm delighted to be talking to Dr. Megan Turkio from Weill Cornell Medicine in New York. Megan and her team have just performed a systematic review of NLP, or Natural Language Processing, and how it's used in cardiology. We have a really interesting discussion about how we can unlock data which is stored in notes within the electronic healthcare records and use this for improved diagnosis, prognosis, uh, evaluating new medications, avoiding drug side effects, and many, many more things. Many thanks for leaving such lovely reviews on iTunes and all the other podcast sites. Please do spread the word to your friends and colleagues, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Maybe I could ask you, Megan, to introduce yourself for the listeners. Uh, where do you work and what do you do there? Sure. So my name is Megan Redding Tertio. I'm a faculty member at Weill Cornell Medicine in New York City. Uh, I work in the Division of Health Informatics in the Department of Population Health Sciences there. Um, I'm a nurse scientist, so I worked clinically as a cardiac nurse for a few years, and then I earned my PhD in nursing informatics. And now in my role, I primarily do digital health research. So figuring out how we can best design and implement patient-facing technologies like wearables, apps, and digital decision aids in cardiology. And I'm increasingly using tools like natural language processing to be able to present a broader range of information to patients and support their decision making. And I was really keen uh, to get you on the podcast to talk about a review uh, that you've just published with with colleagues from your institution, which is called Systematic Review of Current Natural Language Processing Methods and Applications in in Cardiology. Uh, Maybe we can start off by you giving me some kind of background to the review. What was the reason that you decided to approach this piece of work? Yeah, there's been a lot of excitement about the concept of artificial intelligence or AI in medicine sort of broadly. And certainly we're, you know, developing really sophisticated computational tools to be able to analyze the massive amounts of data that we're now creating and aggregating in healthcare. And we can potentially improve healthcare in some very inspiring ways using AI. But when we looked at cardiology in the literature specifically, we felt that One particular area that was less talked about was this area of natural language processing or NLP. So for this review, we really had two goals. We wanted to understand what the state of the science was in terms of how NLP has been used in cardiology to date. And we also wanted to provide investigators and clinicians with an understanding of what exactly NLP is and get them excited about all of the potential applications of it. That sounds great. And it begs the question, so what is NLP and uh, why is it relevant to cardiology? Maybe you could give us a like a beginner 101 primer. NLP really refers to a range of methods, but generally speaking, they all try to automate the way that we organize and evaluate the information that's stored as written text. So in medicine, when you think about the electronic health record or EHR, you have some information stored in what we call a structured format. This might be discrete numerical values like a heart rate or sodium level, but we also have a lot of information stored in an unstructured format. So in free text, narrative notes that clinicians write. And actually by some estimates, as much as 80% of the information in EHRs is stored in this unstructured format. These NLP algorithms basically recognize concepts or semantic notions that you're interested in within that text 
and they quantify it. So for a basic example, it could recognize measures that represent an ejection fraction in an echo report. And in the end, the algorithm would give you a data set of ejection fractions for each patient or each echo report. And when you think about not only how many patients present for care with their primary problem being a cardiac issue, but also how many patients present for care for other reasons but have cardiovascular comorbidities, there become so many potential data sets and areas of application for NLP to answer some of these really important questions in cardiology. So just, just to summarize, um, you're, you're talking about taking data from electronic healthcare records uh, which may be uh, structured or unstructured, and you're focusing on the unstructured data and extracting useful insights, be it uh, you know identification of certain text strings all the way to deep learning. Is that is that correct? Yeah, exactly. The whole goal is that we want to be able to understand um, what's going on in this written text um, on a scalable level, right? Okay. Um, because, of course, we could read the, the notes and um, understand what's happening, but we can't do that for tens of thousands or millions of notes. But uh, we could analyze it at scale using some strategies like natural language processing. Okay. Um, before you started the review, what kind of questions did you think that NLP could be able to help with in, in cardiology? Mm. There's a lot of details stored in narrative notes about each person. So when you think about what's there, it's typically a medical, surgical, and even social history, uh, the course of various diseases, symptoms the patient experienced, treatments that they've undergone. And when you consider all the notes that we have on just one person and then multiply that by thousands or millions of patients who seek care in an organization, you can begin to envision all of the different questions you can answer uh, using these data. So, uh, so far researchers have been able to use NLP to identify patients with a disease, even if it's not listed on their problem list or billing codes, you know, maybe they haven't even been formally diagnosed with it, but they're showing some type of sign or symptom of it. Um, they've been able to cluster patients into phenotypes. They've been able to predict major adverse events like post-operative complications and hospital readmissions, uh, construct timelines of clinical events, identify adverse drug events, support clinical decision-making. The list really goes on and on. There's mm. really a broad range of possibilities. It's really interesting, isn't it, that you, somebody, as you say, who doesn't have a certain diagnosis on a problem list, but yet there are perhaps hints in the nursing notes or physician notes or some of the labs that actually support that diagnosis before anybody has perhaps recognized it. It's really fascinating. Precisely, yes. So can you tell us a little bit about this systematic review that you did? Uh, which questions were you aiming to answer with the review and how did you go about doing it? Sure. So I worked with a fantastic team of researchers as well as a biomedical librarian. And together we systematically searched several biomedical and computer science databases for scholarly articles that were relevant based on a range of keywords that we developed. Uh, specifically, we wanted to use different terms for NLP, since um, sometimes articles don't say, you know, we applied natural language processing, but they actually describe the specific type of NLP they applied, since there are so many techniques to this kind of broad range of methods. Uh, after we completed our search, we systematically applied our exclusion criteria to ensure we were only getting articles that we were interested in. So, for example, we wanted peer-reviewed studies that were published in the last five years because the field has been rapidly changing. And so we felt 
Beyond that, it might be less relevant to our current state of the science and of course relevant to cardiology. And finally, we extracted data from the included articles. Um, we had to appraise quality using two different types of quality indicators because there really isn't a formal quality checklist for NLP-focused research. And then finally, we synthesized all of the study's findings. And can you tell us some of the results from your study? Sure. So we ended up reviewing 37 articles. Most of them were focused on heart failure, but there was a range. So some focused on coronary artery disease, some on cardiac electrophysiology, and then one or two on general cardiology and valvular heart disease. Most of the studies applied methods like named entity recognition or rule-based methods. And these are considered a little bit more straightforward to develop and implement. Studies that use these methods, um, they were able to use them to extract important pieces of information, for example, to be able to identify New York Heart Association classification in the notes. And we found that NLP algorithms that were applied in these cases were very accurate. They performed very well. We did also see a smaller number of studies that used some more sophisticated methods like machine learning, and they tried to accomplish more ambitious tasks like predicting outcomes. And here there was a much broader range in performance. Some performed very well and some were a bit more variable. Okay. Um, and can you give us maybe an example or two of um, results that you found or papers that you found that particularly interesting? Is that something you'd be able to do? Absolutely, sure. So I think a couple of the papers that struck me the most were the ones that weren't simply applying NLP in isolation, but were actually incorporating NLP into a broader effort to predict outcomes or automate processes. So there were a number of papers that already had an algorithm, but the algorithm only used structured data. So as we talked about earlier, you know, they were only using kind of the heart rates and lab values, the things that were already in kind of a clean structured format. What these, what these articles did was they added the rich information that is found in narrative notes by applying NLP to the predictive algorithms and showed that the predictive algorithms are a lot more powerful when you include this unstructured data as well as structured data. So I think it's just going to show that um, this NLP is not going to be used in as sort of its own method, but it's a complementary method to really augment the powerful tools that we already have. Okay. And so at the end of your review, you'd, you'd gone back, you say, over the last five years uh, and selected 30, 37 uh, papers. What, was your, what were your sort of conclusions uh, about the state of NLP in, in cardiology at this stage? So certainly there have been some early successes applying NLP to cardiology. Specifically, we saw a lot of work in the areas of identifying and classifying disease phenotypes and augmenting predictive models with unstructured data, as I just mentioned. But more importantly, I think what we found was that there's really a lot of opportunity to advance applications of NLP in cardiology. We're really at the point where we can move past simpler tasks and simpler NLP methods and try to tackle more complex tasks like automating uh, processes or predicting negative outcomes using the more sophisticated methodologies that are available to us now, like deep learning. And can you talk a little bit more about that? You have a really nice summary uh, graphic in your paper about how we can improve things in, in cardiology. What, what sort of areas do you suggest that researchers concentrate on? any data sets maybe people could use, things out of the box, 
Uh, do you have any advice for for people who who want to get it, get more into NLP research in cardiology? What should we be doing? There are a number of areas. First, we can think about studying a broader range of cardiac diseases and using different types of data sets. So again, in this review, we saw a heavy focus on heart failure, and most of the included studies used inpatient physician notes from EHRs. So researchers can think about a broader range of cardiac conditions, and more importantly, they can also think about different types of notes. So some other research in other domains has found some success looking at nursing notes, and um, outpatient primary care notes are also a rich area of exploration that have been a little bit untapped in cardiology. The other area to consider is patient-generated data. So for example, patients write a lot on patient support websites or even social media, and you could consider examining these data to find out some, some kind of interesting other insights beyond just physician notes from EHRs. The second piece that we can think about is using more diverse patient samples to train our models. And this is really important because most of the studies we reviewed trained their models on data sets that were predominantly male and Caucasian. And this means that the NLP models are going to work best for those patients and potentially may not work as well for other types of patients. So more representative patient samples are important to be able to reduce bias in the models that we develop. And the final way that we can improve matters is by advancing our NLP approaches to include more sophisticated approaches. So specifically thinking about neural networks and other deep learning methods that are going to be able to bring us forward and tackle more complex tasks. But as we do this, it's going to be really important in tandem to ensure that we're also studying ways to improve factors like trustworthiness and explainability of our machine learning models in clinical practice. This is really important so that clinicians and patients feel comfortable using them in everyday clinical care. And that's a really lovely summary, uh, Megan. It's really interesting to hear uh, what you concluded from the review. Where can people go to find out more uh, and maybe you know immerse themselves more in this emerging field? If you're interested in learning more about NLP and possibly even using it for your own research or clinical care, there are actually a lot of freely available open source algorithms and data sets that can serve as a great starting point for you. In our paper, we highlight a few of them, but really there are many more we didn't even have room to list. So the bottom line is that in many cases, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. There are many pipelines or pieces of pipelines that have already been developed for many of the common tasks that people want to accomplish in health-focused NLP, where people can start and potentially you know, build an innovative piece onto that NLP pipeline. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? So I'm sure you guys were working with or are working with machine learning experts and NLP experts, but the fact that you can use code that's already open source and been validated and trained in, in the population that you're interested in is a definite advantage, isn't it? This kind of building block approach. Absolutely. And even the um, really powerful medical databases, uh, data sets that have been made available, they're open source, anyone can use them. And they include tens of thousands, if not millions of observations. So these are really powerful starting points for people who just want to get their feet wet. Right. And presumably that data is being curated already and labeled uh, as required. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. Anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? 
I think I'd just like to share that NLP can be a really powerful tool in our toolbox to be able to improve outcomes and quality of life for those who are living with cardiovascular disease, which is the goal of so much of the work that we all do. And I think if we're going to realize this potential, we first need to make sure that we're building multidisciplinary collaborations with clinicians who have the perspective needed to ensure that NLP methods that we're developing are accurate and representative and that the applications we're envisioning are feasible in clinical care. You know, many of the articles that we reviewed were published in non-cardiology journals. So it signaled to us that potentially there's less involvement of cardiologists and clinicians working in cardiology. And we feel this is really important perspective in the development of these tools. I'd also like to encourage those working in this space to make their algorithms and data sets open source for others to the extent that they can, because that's really how you continue growing the space and advancing the state of the science. Perfect. And what's next for your group, Megan, if you're comfortable talking about it? Are you planning your own projects, further reviews, moving into different disease areas? Gladly. So I'm currently uh, working on the second year of a NIHK award focused on using NLP to mine atrial fibrillation symptoms out of EHR notes. And what we're actually really interested in doing is not just understanding more about the symptoms that patients experience, particularly before and after a catheter ablation for AFib, but we're also really interested in exploring strategies for returning this information back to patients because we feel like this could be really powerful for their decision-making and understanding whether they want to have an ablation for themselves. Wow, that sounds really interesting. Thank you so much for your time, uh, Dr. Tokio. It's been really interesting to talk to you about this work. Fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. 